This episode briefly is brought to you by Hammett Sound. Hammett Sound is a premier audio production and acoustics firm based out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Just to give you a little taste of what they do, recently Hammett Sound was asked to record a drummer at a live sound gig. They ended up actually building an entire studio for him from the ground up. They decked out a whole room with room treatment, had the uh, audio rigs, microphones, and everything set up for him. After actually recording the drums, Hammett Sound recorded bass and guitar tracks, then mixed it all together and produced a full song. So Hammett Sound is the, the whole audio experience from beginning to end. So that's just one example of something Hammett Sound can do for you guys. If you want to learn more about Hammett Sound, go to HammettSound.com. That's H-A-M-M-A-T-T Sound.com. Today's episode, we sit down with Perrin Olson. He's the chief strategy officer at My IT here in New Orleans. Um, we had a great chat about you know marketing in general. He has a background in architecture, engineering, construction, technology, marketing. So really, a great resource for any kind of B two B marketing and kind of what it takes to stand out in that space. Um, so hope you enjoy this episode and let me know what you think. To start us off a little bit, tell us how you got here. You have an interesting niche in the construction industry and the whole AEC industry. Yeah. So if you could just walk us through how you got here. Yeah. So actually, my degree is in graphic design uh, from Loyola University of New Orleans and started interning at a local company called Design and Planet as a designer. Small firm when I started was just the owner and I working part-time in college. And then by the time I graduated, two years later, we had a couple more full-time employees, and as they changed, I got into sales just a few months after graduating, and then that led into management, and then led into more strategy, so I started learning more of the marketing side. So I graduated in 03 from Loyola. In 05, I was referred into a large construction company in town, Barrier Construction, from IIT, and they kind of grew, and that relationship grew, and they started referring us to other people, and all of a sudden, kind of had a niche. Yeah. And my boss at the you know went to a conference uh, for other marketing and design firms, and they really talked about niche marketing and building it out. We kind of looked around what clients we had and which ones we liked, and we were like we don't really like work with lawyers, don't like working with doctors or you know, high maintenance, uh, don't really respect you. And I really liked the construction industry, and I took it actually as a career move. And like, look, let's build it out, and talked to about five of our clients and said, hey, is this something you think would be beneficial? And all five said yes. Just change your name. <laughs> I'm like, my name, Parent? And they're like, no. <laughs> uh, your name's fine, but Design to Planet's fluffy. Oh. So uh, Brand Constructors came out about a month later, and we ran that in parallel with Design to Planet. Uh, and then that was about 08. So you oh. ran the firm through the other firm. It just had a different name. Yeah, so we really just co-branded the same company. We did the same thing. Uh, that's what made it a little easier. I carried two business cards. Um, nice. And then it, it allowed it to, the brand structures to grow very organically because uh, a lot of it was word of mouth. And we started building out the blog and I did more public speaking. Got an S&PS in um, 2009 mm -hmm. and then became CPSM, the certification with that with, in 2010. Started doing the regional conferences, the national conferences and speaking and just started building up a name. And uh, just really enjoyed it. We started building up more of a national clientele. And... You know, and just really started taking brand structures really was the future and just eventually kind of felt like I didn't really have a home anymore. Um, the owners want to kind of go with a different route, go more local, mm -hmm. go more even web marketing and kind of stay away from the niche, which I was like, okay, we've built this. I've wanted to do it. So um, we went over to Hinge out of D.C., worked remote for about a year and I worked on their AEC team 
Uh, so it was interesting going from one of the branch directors. That was really the guy. Mm-hmm. And that was part of a team of six. Yeah. And uh, But I was able to work some bigger clients at that point. So a friend at Manhattan Construction I was able to work with. Uh, friends up at Hargrove Engineering. Those people I just couldn't service when I was at branch directors were just too small. Right. Uh, so did some strategies with them. Uh, Hinge was fast-growing company. And all of a sudden, kind of hit a ceiling. First one on, or last one on the bus, first one off. It's kind yeah. of what happened. At the time, I was trying to sell my IT to come to Hinge as a client. And the CEO was like, hey, for that amount of money, why don't you just come work for me? Yeah. Kind of blew him off. <laughs> um, he was the one Hard that referred me in years ago. So I've known my IT for years. They were finally starting to step up in marketing. And it was just about a month later was when things started getting shaky at Hinge. Um, still a great company. Still follow them. Still recommend them. But... It was time for me to leave and came to IT a few months later and been here now. So. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a crazy journey that you've gone through. And I think uh, a lot of marketers can probably relate to the whole agency to in-house path. Yeah. It's pretty common. Yeah, and I've enjoyed it because I mean, so many times I used to work with 20 brands at a time. Um, and you kind of you do a rebrand, you do a website, you do a proposal template, and then you kind of set it free. And you never really see the fruits of the labor. You might catch up with a client later, but... You don't see it, and here I see the granular changes. You know, it's I see we can make modifications to the proposal. I see, you know, I redesigned our whole office at my IT was part of the rebrand, and uh, so I still use all my skill sets as a designer because I'm really a one person department. Uh, my big decision now is just it pretty much anything customer service comes through me, which is a good thing. Uh, in an IT world, these guys are very technical; they're very good at what they do. Customer service sometimes is secondary, and I feel like we're actually better than the most. Um, so we started a position last year that I got to help pioneer called VCIO is a virtual chief information officer. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the hats I wear. And, um, so that's, we've, that's what you do. That's one of the things I do oh. here <laughs> along as well being marketing director and helping with sales and things like that. So, um, the goal is to move up and backfill myself with some more people and help out. So I don't wearing so many hats. I do. We do have another full time VCO, the virtual chief information officer. And that's really kind of like, uh, account manager but you're trying to take it up another lot of steps because it is a, a c-level type position a lot of our clients but they don't need to have that in-house mm-hmm. so what we're trying to do is how do we apply technology to their business mm-hmm. so it's still a lot of the things that i worked with on the marketing side of strategy but instead of my tool set being marketing tools i'm using technology tools yeah. i'm still helping companies grow and i had a good friend who's like are you happy there? Like doing that? You're not, you're getting out of marketing and like still growing companies. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And it comes back to knowing people, knowing how people yeah. buy, knowing how people, ex- how they expect to interact with the brand. And that's, yeah. that's all branding. Oh yeah. And it's, and I feel as the marketer would be this involved with our clients mm-hmm. as their main point of contact with a lot of things, or if there's issues, I can go back and work with them. And, um, we're actually hiring a success coordinator, a client success coordinator with um, the help of actually one of our clients that's kind of going to be semi-branded with my IT. And you know, initially when we talked as the executive team, that was going to be a tech position. And when we talked, it was less tech and more customer service. And I'm like, okay, that fits under the marketing realm. You know, yeah. was, so we're working on that. It's uh, it's one reason I've been so busy. We've been interviewing people and it's not a skill set that's readily available in New Orleans. Yeah, so it's exciting though. It's super exciting. And we have it's a different. second one by the end of the year and, uh, building just—it's going to add a new sense of what we do. When um, when we when I worked on the rebrand in my IT when I was first here, it was about three months in. We did a full rebrand, new logo, website, just new attitude. Um, part of it we built out. Our tagline is proactive, protective, and personal. Mm-hmm. And it was what we were doing. 
but we also want to use that as what I call aspirational branding, where you want to set set yourself up. So, okay, how do we get more personal in IT? And one of the shifts that's happened the last 15 years in IT is 15, even 10 years ago, a lot of IT was very hands-on. You had to go to the site, fix a computer, fix a server. Now at 85, 90% of our work's remote. Wow. So you don't see your clients. Yeah. So How's that's, that, how do you get that personal? Like, <laughs> and that's the personal comes into, you know, um, we've even moved to a dispatch system where two people pick up the phone instead of kind of a free-for-all where 10 people pick up the phone. So you get used to Homer or Kathy picking up the phone. That's They recognize your voice. They you know, recognize the caller. Yeah, you. it's not a call center. It's yeah, more of so a it's people calling and it's it's funny when clients even come visit. They're like, I want to meet Homer. They're like, <laughs> Yeah, they're like, I want to meet him. I want to see him. This mythical creature. And, uh, home. It's, it's, so it's, it's still that whole part of that personal. And that's where the VCAO came from is how do we become more personal and have relationships with our clients and not just feel the phone calls and they're upset because naturally in IT, everyone's upset. Yeah. No one calls Problems. you and everything's great. You know, it's, it's, if you think about um, a car, you're kind of thankful. You, you don't ever say thanks for the car starting today, but you're pissed when it doesn't start that yeah. one time in five years. <laughs> you know, that's the same thing in IT. And uh, yeah. so it's we're trying to build this relationship and much more of a business relationship with our clients, not just, you know, we're a, a reactive client or service. So Holistic solutions to make yeah. their, like the health of their technology. Yeah, and we're trying to help our clients forecast things of mm-hmm. what's going to, coming down the pipe the next few years. How do we use the same, you know, just like in marketing, how do you spend the same marketing budget with doing it better? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're doing the same thing in tech. In, in nowadays, the other thing to shift besides doing more work remotely is five years ago in past, it was about efficiencies. Now it's about security. Yeah. And people are scared. And every day in the news, there's something enormous. Privacy. Yeah, yeah. There's privacy concerns. We do a lot of medical, so there's HIPAA concerns. And it, I still get to stay in the construction industry. That's one of our verticals here, which is nice. Actually, coming from brand structures and hinge. And then coming here, some of the clients are still the same. Yeah. Um, you can speak their language. <laughs> well, and I, I get it too, but I've always been a fan of construction tech and I'm seeing it now firsthand. Yeah. So it's, we're help, trying to help our clients implement certain things that will save them time in the field, that will save them money and proposals. Because in construction, because I know you have a background on that too, is it's all fixed fee. So if you yeah. finish the project in 100 hours or 1,000 hours, you get paid the same. So let's finish at 100. So right. Efficiencies. <laughs> efficiencies are good, but yeah. you still got to secure it. And construction is one of the craziest industries. And you think on the cybersecurity side because there's so many companies involved. To build one building, you might have 30 companies involved. And how do you give them all the access to the data but yet keep it secure? And then we're not even in a fortified office. We're in a job site trailer. Oh, yeah. So it's 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 interesting to kind of go back and – now communicate those challenges to a client. So it's, and the other side of the difference I've seen coming from the marketing side, I've almost specialized a lot more on the business to business side because of the construction industry and the tech I've done over the years. This is a different kind of tech because these relationships we look at, when we try to look at a client at MIT is, do we want to work with them in 10 years? Mm -hmm. Because most of our clients stay that long. We have some of our original clients 18 years ago it's we're not a fly by night. This isn't like, hey, we're going to do something for a month or two and we're out. Yeah, it's a long term relationship. Yeah, and we don't really make money for six to twelve months because of just the issues that come up and things that we don't we don't Can have we our own efficiencies and yeah, we're trying to get our own tool sets out there and things like that and get more proactive. So it takes a while just getting to know each other too. Yeah. So. Well, one of the things that uh, I wanted to bring up was um, you gave a talk last week at the Prosper Jefferson about yeah. um, rebranding and why to do it, when to do it, how to do it. Um, and, and what it means to have a brand and, and to revitalize it. Um, 
so I, I wanted to get you to walk us through kind of what that entails and to kind of give a recap of that because I really thought it was great, particularly um, how you talk about how there's a lot of different aspects of branding that yeah. go beyond your logo with the uniforms, with the office yeah. that you've done here. Can you talk a little bit about what a brand means and what it means to rebrand? Yeah, so to me, the first thing you need to do is go in and just figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the what's on the walls, the logos. It's what's the culture, what's the attitude, what is what's your differentiation. Uh, and I still do some brand audits, just kind of on the side to kind of keep the juices going. And a lot of them are for you know friends or friends of friends anyway, and or they're in construction. So it's sometimes it's fun to have a side client that actually becomes a my IT client too. So it's mutually beneficial that way. But it's you go in, you find out who they are and just what makes them tick and kind of look at the competitive landscape. Okay, here's who you guys are. Now let's look at your logo. Let's look at the website. Does this match? Starting with yeah. the core first yeah. and going out. So like I did one a couple of years ago for a construction company and they just kind of become stagnant. They're going their second generation. The new, you know, the, the son hadn't really made it in his own. He's still his dad's company. His dad was kind of this larger than life personality. Um, didn't want to step on his toes. He was still in the business, but doing some other stuff on a side business too. So he just didn't want to rock the boat. Um, but they were just honestly getting eaten alive. Of just the market had changed. And there's some new players in the industry were just where they thought they'd come up as that next generation company. Some new people came out and just started, you know, taking their lunch. But going through their process and just kind of understand what they do, they were really good at retail. And I'm like, okay, why do you guys do so well at retail? Like, we're fast. I'm like, okay, well, there's this whole thing, you know, fast, good, cheap. Yeah. Well, we're good and we're fast. I'm like, all right, then stop competing on price. Yeah. Be so, the premier product. Yeah. So we talked, okay, we agreed, okay, they're fast and they're good. Does any of your branding reflect that? And they're just looking at me like, no. Yeah. Their logo, their all their stuff is very stoic, very strong. It's rigid. It's construction. So we, we talked a lot about that. It was just, guys, this is what makes you good. This is why people refer you. We did some client surveys, and that was one thing that came out. I, I, one client literally said, I don't know how they are so, so fast when they're this good. They don't cut corners. They don't make mistakes. They just, they're good. Yeah. You know, so it's just their brand had a huge disconnect you know, and that was just did an audit and then they had internal marketing that just kind of knew this didn't quite know how to say it mm-hmm. have a third did, party justify it at least <laughs> they needed that outside source to help justify it but yeah. also uh, they they knew they something was off they knew the current brand was off but they couldn't quite put their finger on it and it took that outside person to come and say look the fast is really your key so they've now mixed it into their messaging they haven't fixed the, to me the imagery of what they do, because uh, I literally was like, you guys need to like make your logo look fast, like yeah. just add some you know speed or some tilt or like just show motion. You somehow show some motion, not be this really stoic. And I think they're still waiting for the dad to officially retire before that kind of comes up. There's, I know there's some stuff I'm working, but mm-hmm. but it still comes on is don't worry about what you're where you're at now. You need to look at where your culture is. And it's kind of the same thing coming to my IT was is a logo I've known for 15 years before coming on because I knew my IT. They're actually a client of mine. She found some brochures in the closet a couple weeks ago that I designed in like 06. Yeah, back and in I the was day. like, wait, wait, I did these. I remember these suckers. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, so it started, okay, who are we? And that's where, you know, the, the proactive and the protective and the personal really came out. That's the three characteristics that really fit of who we are. And uh, one of the big differences we have here is we run it like a business, not an IT shop. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's really our differentiation. And we understand that the productivity is a better return on investment for both us and the client. And that's how we've changed our message. We're not just trying to sell what we call speeds and fees anymore, where we're faster, we have better updates. 
it's it's a losing battle. Mm-hmm. IT is very commoditized. Um, back like in the a day, lot of things are now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things really are. I mean, if you can commoditize architecture, you can commoditize anything. But it's, um, but it's and part of it is people don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. So one of the things when I first started, you know, I, I did my research with the team here and, and presented to the owner and said, "Here's the biggest problem we have. It's what I call experiential differentiation. You have to experience us and two or three of our competitors to understand the difference." So the only way to, even if you start with us, you have to then leave us to understand how good we are. Yeah. Or you have to work with somebody else first to come to us and see how good we are. And it's it's not a good differentiation. We have yeah. to be able to explain this without, you know. How do you know they're even going to come back? Right. I mean. Because <laughs> our best referral sources, you know, before our leads came from was either clients would refer us, which is great, you know, not, or, you know, points of contact or people, key people in a company would leave that company and go somewhere else and then bring us with them, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. But it's still, they had to experience the difference. And we had an opportunity that was one of our niche markets, auto dealers, the controller left one of our clients, went over there, or um, it says become a CFO. So that she's like, I want you guys. You, I know you guys will save us money. I know you'll save us time. And all, she, owner didn't get it because he's always used to the old guy, IT guy. And yeah. just, he couldn't understand what we were trying to do. And she couldn't explain it to him. I'm like, look, that's a failure on our part, not hers. Yeah, We have to re- refocus. So we've developed niche service lines uh so we have one for each of our niche markets uh, that are you know branded proposals for those and things like that and um the logo is very universal of course all that and we also had to change the office was a big part we we started using the office as a strategic differentiation if you come at our office if you go to our big our help desk area if you place where you call in or email in to get the help because 85 90 percent of our work's remote it's calm and mm-hmm. we'll tell you, come see, come see us anytime. Drop by, you know, but go to our competitors. They won't let you in this room because it's crazy. It's just chaos. Phones ringing off the hook. People are screaming. People run around. It's just, it, yeah. Even if we're busy, it's still calm. Yeah. And there's a big reason for that. It's that proactiveness. It's just that, you know, reassurance. I mean, plan for this. Kind correct. Of thing. Yeah. We're properly staffed. It's just things yeah. like that. So, like um, because of our proactive nature, we stay ahead of the game on things. So, we're not getting as many tickets as our competitors for the same size. So we had to really focus on a lot of stuff. And the other side was with the office was we look professional. We had, you know, the traditional pictures to me of the magnolias and the pelicans on the wall that you would see in any dentist or lawyer's office, but we didn't look tech Mm -hmm. and we didn't look like my IT. So that was a big part of the office rebrand. Um, that was actually spun. I was, I was trying to push it through and the owners are kind of, uh, well, you know, we don't really have clients come by and things like that. And it was actually a, a prospective employee that turned us down. Um, and she didn't say no. She, what she actually said is, we were like, hey, we'd like to offer you a job. She's like, oh, I got a job interview tomorrow. Um, I just, I don't really know the difference between you guys. Like, here's someone who's in IT, who had been in her office, been in a few of our competitors, and didn't see the difference herself. Yeah. So it was like, okay, that's when they're all right, now we got to do something. Change the experience up. And you got to change the experience. And the experience, it does start with the employees. Yeah. Well, that's really cool because a lot of times marketers don't know where to start. Yeah. Um, the next thing I want to get from you is for the business owner or yeah. for the person who's a young marketing professional who doesn't really have a lot of experience or doesn't really know where to start with their organization or you know uh, their business, what is the first thing you do to, to start finding your brand? Like you said, yeah. to learn who you are, yeah. but tactically, what steps do you go through? For me, you got to be the fly on the wall. You know, when I do a brand audit is what I call it, I'll, I'll go to the site, you know, go to the construction company, go to the tech firm, whatever to have, you know, and spend a time with construction and even go to a job site. I mm-hmm. want to see 
what it's like on the job site. And I do that for two. One, I kind of want to see how they're marketing a job site. And I realize this doesn't pertain to other industries, but it's you might be able to see the parallel. But the other thing, I want to get away from the owner, and I want to talk to somebody. Generally, the job site, they take me as one of the marquee job sites. And they're usually that one project manager, that one superintendent that's been there for 10, 20, 30 years. You know, I got the best piece of branding advice when they understood the best thing about a company one time. I talked to this guy. He's been with the company 50 years. He explained more about the company in two words, five words, whatever. Like just a couple minutes talking to this old guy who's been in the field for 50 years with this company. He explained the company better than the CEO. What did he say? It was just, <laughs> it was it was just the way he kept. He's like, I'm here because – and he just – you know, it was about the relationships. It was, it was, it was, it was like, just, it was raw. Yeah. And, you know, he was just one of those guys that just, he'd been around, he didn't care, he was going to get fired, he was good at what he did. Mm-hmm. But he also understood the company better than the execs did in the office. Because yeah. he was the He's front line. There. He's like, my client's hiring me because of this. And I was like, oh, cool. I the tagline. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it kind of morphed it, not kind of was. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't, wasn't his quote, but it was pretty close. So, yeah. Um, so it's you want to see what they're really doing. You want to see the front lines. Like if you're going to go rebrand a, a retail store, you need to go to the store. You mm-hmm. know, it's one of the things I see is really different between Target and Walmart. The executives at Target are required to go to stores. Like monthly, they have to go to the store, and not within like the ten minute drive from corporate. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to get out in stores. You know, the Waltons at Walmart don't do that. Yeah, or they didn't. You know, so it's that was a big differentiation for their execs. So. You got to see the front lines, which, you know, so I go visit is a big part of it. But if you're internal, you know, get out in the field. You know, one of the things I did was go with some of our field techs here. It's what's going on? Where are we going? That's one of the things I like about being the VCIO is I see my clients. Yeah. We go see them. We go talk to them and get their feedback. Um, but it's also, you can do simple things like survey monkey, you know, survey your poise, survey your, your clients, survey yeah. your prospective clients, survey your vendors or contract, you know, construction, your subcontractors. Ask them. You you don't ask them. Hey, is our brand correct? You ask them very. You know, if you were to describe this company, how would you describe them? Yeah, see you if know, it's on point. Yeah, and that's what you get. You start seeing the same combination. You know, I, I did one for a tech firm last year, and every, the employees loved the owner. It was a smaller firm. They loved the company. They loved the clients. They hated the office. <laughs> physically, hated, physically hated the office. <laughs> and they're like, I dread coming out. If we could work remote, life would be like just. Change, and the yeah. owner's like, they never told me this. Yeah. So we, we weren't going to rebrand the company, but we had to have a it's long conversation internal. of, yeah, the internal sides. They've worked on some of fixing the office. Some of it's just, they're at a little stretch for their size of the office. The parking lot's too small. Just some basic mm-hmm. needs there. But um, seems like I'm hearing like a common trend about like offices being a thing well, that it's, need, it's, a, it's your environment where you are right. like all day, I guess. And well, it was this tech firm in particular believed in on-site people. I mean, mm-hmm. they usually could be remote. There's definitely tech firms out there that have a hundred percent remote and that works for their culture. This culture was not that they had mm-hmm. tried that. It didn't work. They have daily huddles. They get together. They do a lot of collaboration. Um, they have some, you know, really good management structure, things like that. And it's, it was really impressed. I mean, to have you know somebody who was with the company a few weeks, people there a few years, this, just on the board. I mean, they just, you know, um, yeah, I was talking to the, the owner a couple weeks ago about something. He's like, yeah, I got a guy who gave me a year and a half notice on leaving the job. <laughs> that's culture. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, this guy's going to follow his passion. That's what the owner tells us. Follow your passion. Do what you want to do. He's like, look, I want to follow my passion. There's an opportunity I'm going to have that starts September of 2020. I'm letting you know. Yeah, well, that's good. That's, that's, it's like, that says something about your culture yeah. that you care enough about. Right. What you're leaving behind. Yeah, and the guys, he's, all my friends told me, don't tell you this, don't tell me, don't tell you, but I knew you're trying to plan for us. I knew you're doing trainings. I knew you, I knew you care about 
our future and the company's. Yeah. And if he didn't know that. Well, and what's also cool is that it was like, no, I really appreciate it and stuff. You know, go do it. Follow your passion. If things don't work out, call me. And if you can come back, you know, yeah. love the, let's see if we can make it work. I can't guarantee you because you might not literally have a spot, but maybe we can. It just, yeah. You know, it's baked in. I was like, like, that's that. like, that's, we didn't touch the re- the logo. We didn't touch the, like, the only thing we really did was they brought in some other stuff. But one of the big things I talked about is, look, your employees are the ones telling you the office is bad. Have them tell you how to fix it. Yeah. So they did the brainstorms. They did that. So, you know, even the little things we did, I led the charge here at my IT rebranding and we did it in phases and I kind of did the first phase, kind of set the tone. And I, um, and then once we started, okay, guys, the text, what do you guys want? And they got some crickets. Eventually I started having people stop. Hey, it'd be really cool if we did this. It'd be really cool with this. And then I'd kind of shoot out some ideas. They kind of, that's really cool. And then they started building on it. They, Spark a discussion. They weren't as good at just coming up with stuff as yeah. I, I was hoping they'd have. So it's kind of that burning desire. Um, but it's, they were good about building on things. They may not even know until they're Well, and that's prompted. part of it. That's why we did phase one. It was just hopefully that would give them a base. And then we kind of went from there. But even the simple things like, hey, guys, we're going to use these kind of pictures. Here's 10 options. Yeah. Well, let's have a vote. So they voted for some of the you know the top five photos mm-hmm. and things like that and yeah um, you know, it was still our scheme. Gives them yeah. their, like they have skin in the game now too. It's yeah. their their office. Yeah. Um, I want to shift into um, one of the big things that I'm sure you faced throughout your career, being on both sides, the client side, the agency side, is cost. Mm-hmm. Um, I meet with a lot of business owners, um, and I'm sure you have too, where they need marketing. They truly believe in the importance of marketing, yeah. um, but they can't seem to get over the fact that it requires at least a dedicated bucket of money or yeah. some time um, or dedicated employee. Um, so you've been on the agency side and the client mm-hmm. side. How do you approach pitching a client or your boss uh, on the value of marketing before you're able to point to something immediately and say, this works? Yeah, and that's that's not, when I was at Brand Structures, we still honestly had more localized pricing. I would say, even though we were starting to build more national, um, but you could get a good website. We had good, great, best, or in the construction, we called it Chevy Cadillac Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chevy was a 10 grand website. And I went to Hinge, and our minimum website was like 22 grand for a, we called a semi custom. Like, here's your template, and here's how we're going to fix it. Like, yeah. It was just, it was a different realm, but they had so much more strategy involved, so much more management, different layers of account management. No stone was left unturned versus brand structures we were kind of run, I guess, wild and loose to an extent. I mean, mm-hmm. we had our rhythms and things we did, but going to hinge, it was so much of a, the rigidity. Um, helped me a lot of their structure coming here, uh, being coming the one person apartment again, this, just to have that structure and, you know, not even just the, the rebrand, but the structure of repurposing content. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of what I've done a lot of brand marketing, a lot of content marketing, and how do you repurpose content so you don't kill yourself? Yeah. And I realized what I was doing at Brand Structors is starting from scratch almost every time and just killing myself. And uh, versus Hinge, they really taught me the more of the methodologies of that. But and it's hard to compare. I mean, you know, it's if you can find someone in the industry that's done it, you're going to pay more because yeah. they're going to you're going to train them less. Uh, you know, as I've taken on these other roles of IT, we've looked and we're we're constantly actually working on this business case. Do we hire a marketing coordinator? Do we hire just a writer? Uh, do we outsource to an MSP marketing firm? There's a, about 10 firms in the country that only focus on IT firms. The MSP is a managed service provider. That's yeah. all they do. Well, they cost more than if I went to a local firm that did this. But now the local firm, I've got to train them. Yeah. You know, the the national firms that do this just in this industry, they go to our events. You know, they're at 
one of the people talking, she was like, oh, I had to move my meeting because I got booked to go speak at Microsoft's conference. I'm like, okay. I don't expect anyone locally to go speak at Microsoft conference. Like it's like it's worth me paying more because I don't have to worry about it. Well, and they've also gone through the lessons too. You know, they've seen what worked at 20 other firms and what didn't work versus Mm -hmm. the, the local person that they can know what's worked in other industries and they're still good at what they do. So anytime you go niche, you're going to pay a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's it's also a little bit more guarantee. It does work because they have the rhythms, they have the structure, they have the processes, things like that. They, you know, um, it's one thing that I love going to construction companies is I already know about 60% of the, what I need to know walking in the door. Yeah. Versus most people that if you just hired a generic marketer, you know, they don't, smart on the side they don't on understand the it. Yeah. You know, it's, I had some old crony construction guys, his kid, but you know, a lot of times you did rebrand construction, the kids were coming in, they want a new website, they want a new brand, they want to kind of take hold of the company. So they were in charge of that. Mm-hmm. And you'd hear some of the old guys say, it's just marketing. They can't screw it up. Like it doesn't matter to the company, or they'll put their daughter in marketing because you know, whatever. Like it's it, yeah. it kills me. And you see some of them, it's just a placeholder position, and they mm-hmm. really don't take advantage of it. Some of them shine. Yeah. Um. You know, you and I met through Association Society of Marketing Professional Services (SMPS), and there's, I'd say, half the people in SMPS are not trained. You know, formally trained marketers. Yeah. Um. There's one of the best ones I've ever seen. She's in the industry forty something years. She started as a, a data entry person back in typewriter days and just started doing proposals and then worked her way to marketing before it was even a thing and just, just one of those brilliant marketers I know. Yeah. No formal training. But it was been in it. Yeah. And been understands. in it. And that's one thing SMPS is really big on is education because so much I learned a lot of it through there. Uh, that's one of the things I love about speaking at conferences is you know, they generally just gave you free you know, free admission to come and they'd cover your travel. Well, I'd go and speak about what I know, and I get to go sit in all the other sessions yeah, and learn more. I was like, <laughs> this is the best way. And I get to do some networking. So, but yeah, it's it's hard to see the difference. And going back to the, you know the price piece. So, um, I mean, you and you can go cheap. I mean, there's websites out there to get a logo for ninety nine bucks. You can buy a WordPress template for fifty. It, it depends how much skin in the game you want to put in too. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I want to bring up too is that. And this is just my philosophy. I don't know how you feel about yeah. it, but I typically say I don't give discounts or anything. But yeah. give me the budget. Which you have to start with your budget. Mm-hmm. What can you spend on this? Yeah, to make sense for your business. I usually use the analogy of like it's a dial. So you can dial back mm-hmm. it up. Get what you pay for essentially. Yeah. Um, if you want a thirty thousand dollar custom website, um, and that's important to you because of your business function, like yeah. why you're using it, then it's not wasted. It's not a waste of money. Yeah. It's an investment and. It'll pay off. Oh, yeah. Whether it's if you just want a splash page for an event that people are paying five dollars to go to or yeah. whatever it is, don't invest a ton of money. It's going to die. It has an expiration date. And it's really incumbent on the agencies to understand that too, and not spend ten grand on a splash page that's going for an event that's been gone in a few months. So yeah. it's and sometimes it's hard to convince a client on that because they're you know obsessed with this event. Yeah. And. Tunnel vision. Yeah, they get tunnel vision. They get other people in their ears. I mean, that's probably the most frustrating thing being a designer is you work through a process of, you know, a logo, a website, what have you, and you get approval. And then, like, two days later, you get a call, like, all right, who'd you talk to? Yeah. I showed it to the whole company at the company meeting. Uh, I showed it to my wife. I showed it to my kid who took an art class in third grade. It's like, okay. Like, <laughs> now we're know, designing by committee. Correct. And- yeah. And it's, there's, a, but you didn't explain the why. You forgot to go back to, remember, we like defined who you guys were as a company and this is why we went this direction. You just showed them pretty pictures yeah. and they chose, you know, option C. Right. They didn't understand that. And it's, um, you know, when people aren't in that process, they don't quite get it a lot of times. And, um, but yeah, I mean, 
like I showed in the presentation that you mentioned, you know, the Prosper Jefferson, you can spend $99 on a Lego up to uh, a million, 100 million oh, Pepsi yeah, spent. Pepsi, yeah. And they'd insane. barely change their logo. Like I really don't understand. That's just, that's just got to be a, for no reason at all that you have the money. <laughs> or, or they went a lot of the wrong directions and realized this is yeah, the correct direction. Like all it's, that's wasted time. Um, and they went with a big firm and there's a lot of account management and, you know, yeah. there's a lot of, I mean, I wouldn't say the firm ripped them off. Yeah. But it's kind of unreal to think somebody spent a hundred million on a logo. When you look before and after, you know, it's like really revolutionary. Yeah. Um, so that's all the questions I had. Uh, Perrin, thank you so much for your time and mm-hmm. joining us today on Briefly. Um, if you guys haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.